Wow, Fable, South of Midnight, Star Wars Outlaws. Welcome to our first ever double feature, the Xbox Game Showcase, followed by a deep dive into one of the most important RPGs ever made, Starfield. Gaming is the most powerful of all entertainment. It transports, it challenges, it connects us, and it's just incredibly and awesomely fun. That is why Team Xbox is committed to building the greatest place to play, by partnering with the most ambitious of game creators and by unleashing the power of the gaming community, enabling all of us to play the games we want with our friends anywhere, from mobile devices to PCs to consoles. The lineup we have for you today is just incredible. These are the works of the very greatest creative teams from around the world. We made this show for you, the largest, most engaged and globally diverse fan base in Xbox history. You are the heart and soul of Xbox. Your passion drives us and you are the inspiration for the visionaries whose games we showcase today. From me and all of the team at Xbox, thank you. Hello there, and welcome to episode 53 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. We thank you for listening as we enter year two of the podcast. And who am I joined by? Well, I'm joined by the Jeff Keeley to my Hideo Kojima, John. John, I'm actually going to prop you out right here at the beginning of the show. I wouldn't do that. Why? That's never that's never a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> You what know, did I do? John is somehow very, very, uh, I don't know. He's like a Nostradamus. He's very good at predicting things. I know one of the famous ones is you brought the topic of a new Sony handheld, and then less mm. than a week later, the backbone was announced. <laughs> you know, back, no, Was that the backbone or the Q-Lite? It was the backbone. Mm-hmm. It was last year. Okay. So it's always the backbone. And then on this very show, you brought up Pragmata, <laughs> uh, I believe this was this is a Capcom game shown, I believe, at the first PS5 showcase, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> I, I believe it was one of. The, I remember it coming or seeing the trailer and it having the one date that seemed incredibly far off, and it, I think it was 2022. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and on this very show, you had brought it up again, and I remember I just dismissing you like, no, that game is dead. We haven't seen. It sense the trailer itself was incredibly vague when we saw it years ago, and (laughs) again, I wish sometimes I wish we could record just reactions of certain moments in time. And during the Capcom showcase, when Pragmata showed up, I just was like, I I don't believe this. Did you just throw your hands in the air? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Just like this motherfucker. Nick, Nick, you have yet to embrace your Capcom overlords. They have taken, they don't miss. They don't miss anymore. So, like, you know, if they're going to show something, that means they got something. Right. right? Even if it was a couple years ago. No, it's not going away. You know, we're getting (laughs) robot dinosaur or dinosaurs coming up soon with Exoprimal. That's going to be great. It's going to be an 83. Mm. You're going to eat your words with that one as well. You know, I'm sorry that 
I just, you're talking to the talent, baby. I'm the talent. What can I say? You know, I called Final Fantasy Rebirth being the uh, closer yes, of Keeley as well, I do believe. So, yeah, yeah, you're maybe on fire. I, yeah, maybe I did deserve this praise. I'll, so, I'll accept your praise. I think we should just have, we'll just have a returning segment of you just pre- making predictions for the rest <laughs> just of the one. year. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one, like a shower but, thought. It's almost like a cursed like ability though, because it's never for the things that I want. It's never no. Bloodborne Two or Near Automata Two. Right. Oh, although although I know this isn't in the news for the show, but and I sent it to you, and it's nothing more than just a fart in the wind at this point. But saw the very first little little note online of Final Fantasy Ten remake coming down the pipeline. So, you know, maybe that is the one thing that just you know is for me. But uh, you know, I won't believe that until I see something uh, confirmed. But yeah, wasn't that rumor twenty twenty six for? That yeah, that's like yeah, they're saying like oh, Square Enix is gonna have uh, what is it Final Fantasy 16 this year, Final Fantasy Rebirth the year after that, Final Fantasy 9 remake the year after that, and Final Fantasy 10 remake the year after that, and it's like you know, the video game people seem to have the memory of a goldfish and re- forget how long Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 15 took, but yeah, you know, maybe they're a new studio, we'll see. Yeah, and Kingdom Hearts 4 is announced too. So right, right. <laughs> so when are all these games coming out? <laughs> we'll see. All right. And then the next thing before we get into the show is I want to issue an apology. I'm just, oh, you know, oh, I'm being I'm being really honest. John's yeah, been you're doing really good, and then I also want to say, you know, I listed this game as my low light, but according to everyone that's played it, it's actually really <laughs> good. And that's the Foam Stars. You know, I'm, yeah. I'll admit when I'm wrong. Um, apparently, it's good, <laughs> though. I've never seen a bad preview before. Like nobody comes out of a game preview and goes, "Oh, this game was trash." Including games like Redfall. So <laughs> it's true. That's so true. I am a little weary, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna slightly. I'm. I'm excited to see what it's like. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, first off, Nick, I, you know, it's nice that you're apologetic. You're very vulnerable right now. I appreciate that. But don't mm-hmm. be too sorry, man. I mean, I think everybody was wrong on this one, except for that one guy on IGN that we tried to dunk on. So you, maybe we can apologize to him. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I just typed in Foam Stars, and it's just like people praising it. Could be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's genuinely different than Splatoon. Foam Stars is nothing like Spl- Splatoon. But in the same breath, I'm also seeing some articles that it says it could be great, but it doesn't have a chance could be awesome but is are people gonna have time for it things like that so uh hopefully yeah, it'll find a niche, live service but, response uh, yep, yep. <laughs> that we had to all the sony live service games yeah it's a dangerous have a chance da- dangerous place <laughs> to play all right and then my final thing before we get into the show is it is the 10th anniversary uh actually it was june 14th of the last of us franchise Yes. It came out 10 years ago, and if you remember our top 50 favorite games of all time, uh, the two video games sat at number 2 and 13, so uh, yeah. I think that's pretty important to me and John, so I just wanted to shout that out. It's ama- Yeah, that franchise, you know, as we get older and get more, uh, you know, into our mid to late 30s, 40s, things like that, I won't date myself too much. Turn into Joel. Yeah, well, yeah, we're turning into Joel, but it's like 10 years, it, it seems like The Last of Us has been around for a hell of a lot longer than that. I don't know if you get that same sense, but it's like it both seems like a long time ago and not like any time right. ago at all at the same time. I think it's just because that franchise has been so prevalent. You know, we get showing, we're get we getting shows and oh, we're always talking about factions, Last of Us 2 coming out being the drama that that thing was, but, um, you know, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, 
Yeah, like you said, one of the most important to us, and and I would, I would hope for ten years more. You know, I know there's some people that will say they don't want to see a Last of Us three. I think they're gonna be, you know, let down if they think <laughs> that because they're definitely making a third one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's such a such a wonderful world. It's not very uplifting, but it's uh, it's earned its place in the video game pantheon for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an incredible franchise. As 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 we've talked about, not much more needs to be said. <laughs> well, one more thing to be said, and uh, there was a list that came out of the top hundred games of all time I, a couple months ago. It was by. I want to say Esquire, but I could be wrong on that. But yep. they basically pulled like 300 of the top developers in the world. So like the people who might know a thing or two about games. And I believe they all voted. And Last of Us came out at number two. So it's, you know, again, I know it don't, doesn't need more, more praise and accolades. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yep. So there you go. Happy 10th birthday. All right, so we got a packed show for you, so we're going to move right into it. This is how the show works. John and I both bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing. It can be a news item. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod, or any comments on our YouTube page at PlayStationPals. Any of those things, we bring it and we talk about it for a total of six things. And we're going to kick things off with the big showcase of the week. And that was the Xbox Game Showcase and Starfield Direct. Uh, if you remember, Xbox is kind of on a downturn. Uh, mm-hmm. Their big first-party release, Redfall, uh, shit the bed. Uh, it is sitting at a 57 on Open Critic. So <laughs> oh, it, it went is, down more. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the worst-reviewed games of all time until Lord of the Rings: Golem came out, and is somehow even lower than that. So uh, they're they're very fortunate in that in that regard, but mm-hmm. uh, and then all of Phil Spencer's comments, you know, he's been kind of out there saying like exclusives don't really matter. If we release exclusives, we wouldn't be on the same level as Sony anyway. So why even do it? Stuff like that. I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but uh, so going into the showcase, they really really had to bring it, and uh, and they really had to show off the next big RPG, Bethesda's uh, Starfield. You know, it had it had to sell you on that as well, and especially after, uh, you know, Bethesda games are known for bugs. So when Redfield comes all buggy mess, bugs, bugful and messy, you would think like, oh god, Starfield's mm-hmm. going to be even worse. But uh, I want to table the Starfield uh, discussion for now and just talk about the Xbox Game Showcase. Uh, what they did bring is twenty-seven games. 11 exclusive games from their studios, and then 11 Game Pass Day 1 games. Um, So, John, you saw it. What were your thoughts of the overall Xbox Game Showcase? Yeah, I I think they did a good job. I think they did even a great job. Um, You know, they obviously had the entire eyes of the industry on them e3 not really existing in its in its full you know usual form anymore just kind of leaves these these blank showcases so all eyes on them on that sunday and i think they did what they needed to do um Mm. you know they they showed up with some big games like you know showing off cyberpunk 2077 um you know confirming that star wars outlaws you know is going to be uh, a big gameplay blowout for the next day at ubisoft forward um you know and a lot of cool um little indie games and things here and there as well i thought 33 immortals you know although i'm not so much of a um 
multiplayer guy, you know, from the team that made Spiritfarer, Thunder Lotus. Mm-hmm. So I think like it'll be high quality. And then maybe like one of the coolest things I thought of the showcase that was also one of the bigger surprises was just the sheer amount of Atlas that was there. Oh, the, yes. Jap- <laughs> the Japanese presence um, was kind of, you know, a little Xbox is famously you know, nowhere in Japan. They, people in Japan do not give a shit about Microsoft. So to see, you know, one of the most Japanese-centric teams out there with the team that made Persona um, to kind of be at the Microsoft showcases, you know, it's kind of cool and showing off a brand new IP from them, uh, Metaphor Refantasio, which is quite the name. Um, <laughs> You know, but I thought it was it was a good showing, especially with the reception that the PlayStation Showcase had, which was a little down. They they definitely did a good job of balancing the momentum away from PlayStation a little bit and more in their favor. Even though if they even though they are still, I would say, vastly in third place. This is mm. a a good start. It's a good start to build the future that they need. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I it is funny because I I think it did have a lot of the problems that the PlayStation Showcase had. You know, lack of release dates. You know, yeah. uh, Avowed, Hellblade, Fable, South of Midnight, Clockwork Revolution. All these first party games that were shown, no dates. But what was shown was much better than the Sony exclusives. You know, we saw a lot of gameplay for these games. Yeah, that's the big thing. That's that's the thing that <laughs> that really makes a difference. Gameplay, man. And it seems like the overall showcase was just better curated. Like, the games were much bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Atlas is a name that turns head. You know, Yakuza, or not Yakuza, Like a Dragon, Infinite Money is a, is a game that will turn heads. And again, yeah. And Star Wars, Infinite of wealth. course. Infinite Wealth, thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, in Japan, it's actually just the normal franchise name, 8. Um, I don't know what, I what it is in Japanese, but yeah. So this is the, the eighth game in the Yakuza franchise. Um, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like it was just overall just better curated, better choices of indie games, better choices of third party games, better Japanese games, uh, just, you know, better all around. And then uh, just to focus on showing your games better than Sony's, even if, you know, Avowed didn't look as good as I would have hoped. And yeah. the, the Fable, you know, even though it was in engine, it was very little, but at least it helped capture what the overall feel and look will be of that game. It just seemed like all their games just showed better. For sure. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it it really did kind of feel like Sony's press conference felt more like a a marketing thing that they had to do just because they made some agreements with different people. Uh, and this in Microsoft felt more like a curated, um, hey, we're ready to show some things, not because we have to, but because we want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, it kind of felt that through the show for sure. Okay, so if if you're just gonna, we'll, we'll get into Starfield next because I think that'll be a bigger discussion. But if you were to rate this showcase, you know, I think we rated uh, the PlayStation Showcase a two, Jeff Keeley's thing a three. What would you, uh, what would you rate this showcase? Huh, that's that's a little <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit harder. Um, I think if you include Starfield, which you kind of have to, yes. I think it's probably a. F- Four. If I, you know, I, I'm leaning more towards a four than a three, um, because I think that they they came with a mission and did that mission. They they showed good games. They showed gameplay. They had the big franchise, the big first party stuff that they need. They had some big third party stuff as well. Yes, I would have liked to see more dates and and 
you know, a couple things like that. But, you know, they even they even did a good job. And while I personally hate this in showcases, I know it's not everybody does, but, you know, showing existing products that are getting updates, whether that's, uh, you know, the Return to Monkey Island DLC for um, Sea of Thieves mm-hmm. um, or, you know, um, what else was there? I know there was another update to something. Can't think of it right now. But like that kind of <laughs> cyberpunk, maybe like oh, even though we knew it was simulator. Was yes, yes, thank you. You know, even that kind of stuff is always like, you know, all right, thanks. We'll, we'll take that for a little bit of filler. So um, while it didn't blow my hair back, I think if I was an Xbox fan, I would give this a four because it's a, it's about as positive as I could feel about the brand mm-hmm. uh, that I felt in a long, long time. But it's it's tough. If you, if you allowed me to have a 10-point scale, it'd be a seven. It'd be okay. a three and a half. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm with you. It's a four. It was just, it was solid. It was really solid. It brought the new games, as we mentioned, and uh, the game, they're, they, yeah, like you said, you feel more confident in the brand leaving this showcase that, that uh, throughout this year and then into next year that there'll be more games to play on that platform and on Game Pass Day One, of course, which is always mm-hmm. a good thing. But all right, so let's move into Starfield. Uh, they showed about 50 minutes of Starfield. Like, yeah, <laughs> they, that, was, they, that had to have been the deepest dive into any game I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think they did the same with Fallout 76 and Fallout 4 as well, as they just kind of just really go into all the systems because I think that's the only way to show this game well because yeah. it's not very it's not going to be very cinematic. The engine just doesn't allow that, but you know, if you <laughs> but it's it's all about the the story and the simulation and the building of your ship and your settlements. And I think to to get that message across is you really have to go deep into it, deep into your systems, you know, your backstory, your little traits that you can pick up and uh, that's what it aimed to do. Uh, but John, what did you think of it? What do you think of the game? I think it's going to make a lot of people happy. I think <laughs> it's, um, you know, barring any type of buggy messes and situations where the game simply won't run, I think this is exactly what Xbox needed, exactly what people were, that were looking forward to Starfield were hoping for, and exactly what you would kind of come to expect from a Bethesda game, um, but, you know, made in today's, with today's technology and things like that. You know, it's Bethesda helped usher in the era of, true open worlds you know when we think back on on the open world experience that we have you know you, you have your grand theft auto threes which really kind of started it but you know taking what morrowind and oblivion did in fallout 3 making these crazy expansive worlds that you just want to get lost into this this seems like the evolution of that um you know where you're going to and they keep they love to throw around the thousand planet thing. That thing to me is is a negative, but we'll get yep. into that in a second. Um, but you know, having the showing the city of New Atlantis and just the sheer amount of breadth that there is to this game is quite frankly. Uh, staggering, you know, whether it's you want to be the guy that's just going down the main mission and you want to do this thing, great. Do you want to be go find a new planet, build an outpost, and create this crazy trade system? Great. Do you want? Are you a guy who likes to really get into the space sim, sim thing, build your ship the way you want to, and kind of have this base of operations while you explore the galaxy? You can do that too. It's just for me personally. If I was if I was 15 again, yes, but I, I don't have the time for this kind of game anymore, and I. <laughs> And I, I think it's going to be good. But if I were to offer up any type of worry, it's that, you know, and I, I like to use this analogy a lot. And, and I like, you know, um, I like food a lot. Food's one of my favorite things. So when I go to a restaurant, 
and I see a menu, and that menu has five or six things on it, but that's it. I go, okay, cool. I know that they're focused, and like this, this shit's probably gonna be great. But if I go to a place and they have everything under the sun, pasta, uh, they got pizza, they got seafood, they got chicken dishes, it's like I don't know, man. Like it's probably all fine, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't blow my hair back. And I've come to the realization in, in my my life that I want an experience like Hades. It's a little more tight, and they're focused. You're going and getting what you want. This is the exact opposite end of the spectrum of that it doesn't mean it's going to be bad it's just it's going to be a lot and uh, (laughs) I worry that you know after you've explored 20 25 30 planets you know and you kind of and I hope their procedural generated stuff is good but like is there a reason for me to keep exploring or am I now going to just default into well I need this specific resource this planet Mm -hmm. has it go there jump off go there jump off um I'll, I'll hop it over to you, Nick, because I could keep going. Um, but like, you know, it's just it seems really cool. Just a lot going on. Yeah, I, it's funny. If you remember, we actually talked about this game in our very first episode. It was one of the six things. And uh, it's funny. How, how do you remember these things? Do you, do you like comb our, our notes before every show? <laughs> no, no, wow. no. I, but I, I sometimes I look back and. Uh, okay. And I remember us talking about this because I remember it was shown a year ago, too. And it's funny that all of our fears are kind of the same. I don't think that this this, uh, presentation alleviated that. And that is that, you know, since Fallout 4, RPGs have moved forward a lot, you know, and... Again, I'm obviously a big cyberpunk fan. Like when you show the trailer for cyberpunk and then you compare that to the trailer for Starfield, it's like, holy cow. Like it's it's like it's like what it is. It's like this is the game that takes place, you know, eight years after Fallout 4 where Starfield and, and especially within the person to person and the character models and everything else is just it's very lifeless. Yeah. And this looks the same like if this is the same engine in space i'm really worried and that's what this looks like <laughs> it's the same engine in space so yeah and and i'm like you i don't think like i think if someone's going to go in there and just like fallout 4 and they get obsessed with settlement building and all the the, the little micromanagement that goes with that that will be here in spades and like you said about the planets i think that's what's going to happen is like planets will just become um canvases for you to build bases for you to collect resources to build you know i'm sure the starfield subreddit will be full of just the most elaborate ship buildings and the elaborate outposts that you can possibly imagine imagine but that's not why you and i play games and it's going to be very hard for us to get sucked into this even if it is running immaculately because as also has come out this is a 30 fps game Mm -hmm. um which I don't think I'm. I don't think it's gonna matter when the game comes out because it's just gonna be doing so much that it's gonna get the pass that I think like a Tears of the Kingdom gets is like when you know eighty other systems are just wildly creative and wildly fun to play with that you'll come to look maybe look over the character models, look over the outdated engine and uh, other things. But I mean. If, if I was to come away from this, is like, I'm not excited for Starfield either. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's almost a, bre- it's almost a, a, you know, a little relief, um, a little <laughs> off my shoulders where it's like, I'm not going to be worried about trying to crunch this game in with everything else. Right. Um, but that's not, again, I don't want, I don't want the takeaway to be that we think this game looks bad, or at least my takeaway, that I don't think no. it looks bad. It's just, 
it's you know when you when you're going to make a great game it seems like they're just definitely trying to go for the sum of all the parts equals a 10 approach when i don't typically vibe with that style more where it's like again if 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 you can explore all these planets okay your exploration could be cool but now we're going to talk about narrative and when you start to meet your crewmates and they have those dumb bethesda faces it's, it's really going to be hard to kind of get into a, a narrative that's meaningful and that's worthwhile. So, like, the story might be meh. I, I'll admit, the combat sections looked pretty stiff. You know, I, Fallout 4, I don't think anybody would argue that one of the worst parts of that game is the, the actual shooting mechanics. It just mm-hmm. doesn't feel good. And so I just... You know, if can you put all the sum of these together into an amazing product that people walk away with saying like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go back and and play more. Or is it going to be like, well, everything is pretty okay, so I'll spend two weeks in this and then I'll move find something else. But yeah, I think that'll be the the people that are going to get really into it because they're going to be into those those systems that are going to take a long time and be very elaborate. And then there's going to be the people that will probably play through it and be done with it. And yeah, I think that's. That's kind of where they're at. I mean, I mean, if if the goal of Game Pass is engagement in your games, this is probably sure. really good for it. You know? Oh, it's huge! Yeah, <laughs> this will easily climb number one downloaded, number one total playtime, all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, so I, it's interesting. Yeah, because you know, you and I don't really want to play it, but I think it is the game that will at least. It, I don't know if it's going to save the brand, but it will prolong people's good faith in the brand for sure. I think. Okay, so do you think this game will review well? Yes, I do. I think it'll be. I think it'll be. You know, I think Fallout Four was like an eighty-seven, something like that. Um, okay. I think it'll be. I think it'll be between an eighty-five and a ninety. Okay. Yeah, I th- that that sounds about right. If if yeah. well, again, I, it seems like in games like this, they'll be forgiving about bugs. Yeah. They, uh, uh, yeah. So they always are, and <laughs> you always take this stuff at face value, but they've said, like, if Starfield were to come out today, it would already be the least buggy game at launch, but of course they're going to say that. They're not going to be like, yeah, we have a long way to go, but, uh, you know, so if it can if it can at least get up to a point where uh, it's not going to be Redfall levels, um, like you said, the 30 frames a second, I guarantee everybody's going to immediately forget about that when it comes out. It's not going to matter with the type of game it is. And it doesn't um, matter on PC anyway, so. Right, right. So... Oh. Yeah, I think it'll. I think it will review well. I think it'll be a pretty big hit. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't think it'll be. It won't be Tears of the Kingdom level, but it'll. It'll be in the conversation for Game of the Year for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. I, to be honest, it could go either way. Either too. I don't know. God, <laughs> we'll could you, I mean that is that is something that's worth a conversation. We don't have to have that today, but like, yeah, what happens if that game gets reviewed at a seventy-one or a sixty-nine? Like, you know, like that would be crazy. But right. what happens in that situation? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it would. But you, we also yeah, thought Redfall you, was going to be great. Yeah, you so sell your you sell your Xbox. That's what happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> or at least God. you buy a, a, a PlayStation at that point. Because you're gonna yeah. play Spider-Man a week, a month later, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. All right. Fuck yeah, I am. So let's move on. We're gonna talk about our highlights of the showcases now. Uh, so since we last recorded, there has been quite a few showcases. There was Days of the Dev. There was the Xbox Game Showcase. There was Ubisoft Forward, and there was a Capcom Showcase. There was, and then there was even small other ones sprinkled in there. So. But I wanted to talk about just our highlights, individual announcements or showings uh, that occurred during that time since we last recorded that spoke out to us. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll let you kick things off, John. What is, what is your first highlight? 
Sure. So, shockingly enough, I've talked a lot of bad about this studio uh, on this show. Um, I don't typically vibe with their games all that much, and I think they've got a lot of soul-searching to do, but... I think one of the highlights of this uh, showcase season was Ubisoft kind of showing their path back to relevance. <laughs> um, I think between Star Star Wars Outlaws and Avatar, they both look exceptionally high quality with like a true next-gen feel to them. Um, and they need some big fucking games to really get back into the good graces of things. They still have a lot of things to figure out with their Assassin's Creed franchise. You know, funnily enough, maybe one of my lowlights might revolve around that as well. But I think between showing these two these two games gives them a path back into the good graces of fans and show them show people that like, hey, we are still able to do these mm-hmm. open world games that you love. I think Outlaws is going to be fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was what it's one of the, you know, only times I can remember in a long, long time where I walked away from a Ubisoft anything where I go, OK. <laughs> All right, you guys got you guys got some. It's not just it's not just skull and bones and X Define anymore, which is right. like I don't. What are you guys going? Do you guys have to have something? So mm-hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to shout them out for those two especially. Yeah, it, it seems like yeah, we Ubisoft has kind of been silent for a while, but this Ubisoft Forward kind of really um, put a path ahead for their releases. I think they had the the crew game is in September. They got Assassin's Creed Mirage in October, and then Avatar. Uh, What's the Frontiers name? of Pandora. Fran- thank you. Frontiers of Pandora coming out in December that, you know, the, the, this fall could be quite quite good for them if those if those games all hit. And like yeah. you said, I, like like we, I was talking to you, not on the podcast, but, uh, you know, the Far Cry, sick, Far Cry formula is pretty boring, but if you put that Avatar <laughs> paint over it, it's like, wow, this is a lot. Of, this could be really interesting. And I'm... Far Cry on an alien planet is a whole nother ball game, you know? Like that's Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you add that element to it. I mean it is it is kind of interesting analyzing it in that way that I mean it definitely definitely is Far Cry Avatar. Like that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's even like Star Wars Outlaws, it's like is that like Star Wars Division? I don't know. It looked like there was definitely a lot more going on when you had the ship and all that stuff. But at least the the shooting, you know, since this is the massive team, you know, they kind of are relying on the things and maybe the franchises that got them into this, you know, into the big boy uh, arena in the first place. But, you know, putting these skins on them that, you know, attach franchises that people absolutely love. It just might be an easy, safe way to put out some 80, 85 level games that people just want to, you know, play mm-hmm. play around with for 60, 70 hours. And, and you know, you get out of the Skull and Bones X-Defiant type news coverage and actually get some <laughs> yeah. positivity going. Sure, sure. And we'll just move into my highlight because it is Star Wars Outlaws. Uh, I figured. Because <laughs> uh, this, is, this is definitely my game of the show by far. Like, yeah. Game what, of that, like the whole whole season, like the whole yes, the uh, whole the yeah. whole E three season here is uh, uh, that's how you show a game, right? You do a nice yeah. fancy CG trailer, three minutes at the big Xbox showcase, and then you have a ten minute gameplay demo yep. <laughs> the next day at the Ubisoft Forward. It's just my mind was blown. That that game that game looks incredible because not only is it open world, I guess I can explain what the game is. It's a third person action game. It has stealth elements. Uh, you swap uh, BD1 for a, a furry creature that you can command to do things like distract enemies. Baby and that, cat Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the open world, which there's not just one open world. There's several open worlds, uh, the planets that you can go to. And how do you get to them? Well, you don't just like fast travel like you do in Jedi Survivor. 
you actually fly your ship off the planet and go into yeah. orbit and fight other uh, TIE fighters and other spaceships. And then you go into hyper light speed and you arrive at the other planet and you go down. Like, this game looks woo, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars fans wet dream for sure. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I'm you know, definitely happy for you. And, and if it's good enough, I want to play it for sure as well. Um, it looks really, really cool, you know, and I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but if you're into this this world, man, like, how can you ask for more? Something I didn't really realize, this is the very first Star Wars open world game. It's like, that alone mm-hmm. is is huge. And when you, yeah, when you couple it up with some awesome um, next-gen type, you know, off-ship space combat stuff and you know if, if you can tell an interesting cool story that you know the star wars fans want to vibe with like yeah you got a recipe for success my dude yeah yeah and even in the in that brief demo we got to see like uh you have choices in the game like uh the character had the choice to bribe an imperial officer and chose not to and it had repercussions like immediately like like they they had a wanted level uh your character's face was plastered all over the screens and uh she had to get off the planet in a hurry but that's just that's how you show a game it really yeah. is like yeah. that 2AT that is how every game should be announced and shown. So yeah, you, know, you think you think of that compared to like something like Hellblade, and it's like, all right, so you you showed us this game four years ago, <laughs> you, you you showed us two trailers since, we still don't have a date. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Just well, take your time, wait till you have something, show us, and have it out a year later. Happy campers, easy, yeah, done, exactly, yeah. And it is good to know that the rumors that this game was a lot further along are true. That game does look. This, it looks on track for next year, for sure. For, for sure. For sure. All right. All right. So my second highlight is a brand new IP from the Persona team. You know, I mentioned a little bit here. Um, we got a boondoggle. Have, got a boondoggle? <laughs> Man, is that back-to-back boondoggles? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, this the Persona team is one of the highest level developers in the world. They Their, their review scores speak for themselves. So to get a brand new uh, IP by that team, um, you know, with a wacky fucking ideas that you know, they have mm-hmm. um how could you not want to pay attention to it i hate the name but i'll i'll, I'll forgive <laughs> that that's fine you didn't um, say the name what's the name metaphor refantasio yes ugh, ugh. but um <laughs> but you know i told i totally trust them and you know i, I know they're going to keep making personas so that we'll be, be able to look forward to persona 6 and if you can implement another ip that you know pleases that crowd that you don't have to wait seven or eight years for in between mm-hmm. like that's that's fucking awesome so uh and totally totally unsuspected so uh yeah. cool yeah, to see. apparently uh katsura hashino the director of persona 5 right after that game he left to well he didn't leave atlas but he left to make a new studio and this is this is their first project and it looks like it could be in the Persona universe, that's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you you know, you got the Personas, you got oozing with style. Oh, my God. Every time they bring up a, a menu, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, just visually, yeah. it's just it's just incredible. And just like Persona 5, it's I highly recommend you watch the trailer. It is, it is a lot of quick cuts. It's a lot of, uh, you know, anime screaming and... Uh, out of context <laughs> imagery, but yeah. it is. It looks awesome. It it looks great, and I'm really excited to see what they do 
and a fantasy version of Persona. So yeah, they better get Lynn involved with the soundtrack, though. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah, no, but hey, hey, next year when we're drafting our fantasy leagues, Nick, you and I, we got to keep this one close to our vest. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, everybody, everybody's not gonna know what this is, and they're not gonna well, unless if they do some research. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because it, when you in in. The fantasy game critic uh, that we use for our fantasy league, uh, you get like kind of when you go to draft a game, you get kind of like hype factor, right? Like, yeah. this is, like if you're not sure what to pick, it'll kind of say, "Well, what is everyone else in the other leagues picking?" And That's I true. wonder if I wonder if this game will be at the top. <laughs> just, just it, cause. it'll be the highest one that people go, "Huh? Like, yeah, where, yeah, what is yeah. this? Huh?" <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so well, you well, you stole one of my highlights. So all right, so I'll, I'll go into my last one here, and it, a shocker, uh, it mm-hmm. is a cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I wrote down an extra one because I knew you would do this one as well. So we'll say a boondoggle, but I have another one. So take it away, Nick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it was shown at the Xbox Game Showcase again. With Keanu Reeves, I love that he's still attached to this. This wasn't like, you know, he did the base game years ago and now he's gone. You know, he's he's here can, again, hyping it. Can I just say he seemed very weird on stage? <laughs> like, is that just a Keanu Reeves thing? I'm not that into the dude, but like his whole like, hey, leading forward, ugh, like he just he's so goofy. I like him, but he's just yeah. Very I wonder goofy. if it is part of just his his normal persona that we just don't get to see. We're always used to yeah. you know John Wick Keanu Reeves or the Matrix Keanu Reeves that we're not used to this. But you know, to see yeah. him there means that again, this expansion's no joke. Like he's yep. going to have a big involvement in it. Idris Elba is going to have a big involvement in it. Um, it's cost thirty dollars. It is coming September twenty sixth, twenty twenty three. Thank, thank you. I'm so <laughs> excited for that. That's awesome. And uh, the trailer was great. It was phenomenal. But then it was everything that came out after it was shown that is even more wild. Is that they're basically revamping the entire game. Uh, I have told John, you just might as well wait now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. there's going to be Obviously, all the normal stuff, the, the new areas, new weapons, new clothing and all that stuff. But they're reworking everything, new skills, new skill trees. Uh, clothing no longer affects stats. Clothing is just clothing. It's all about your cyberware now. Um, they're adding cutscenes for all the cyberware you install in the game. Cyber, if you put in too much cyberware, you can go cyber psycho. What does that even mean for you as the player? Um, there's going to be additional endings. There's going to be... The whole world's going to change. They're going to have more random things, so the city's going to feel more alive. Uh, they're changing how the wanted system works. If you know, if you're out there killing people, the cops are going to respond appropriately now. And just, oh, uh, what? <laughs> yep, that's that's what I wrote down. I wrote down cyberpunk dot 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 better late than never. Yeah, seems like it seems like this is the this is the vision they originally wanted for the game, and yep. that they're finally getting around to to be able to put it out is should be very exciting. For any cyberpunk fan out there, for sure. Yeah, it, it, it's a reason to play it again. If you if you played it at launch, you might you might think about just playing through the whole game again because, holy cow! Yeah. I mean, or playing well, how for your first time. I was gonna say, how long's Phantom Liberty gonna be? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that could be six, 50 hours in and of itself, knowing CD Projekt Red. I mean, Blood and Wine was what? That was a good thirty. Yeah, like, it, was, it, it was. It was a beefy. beefy I think one. if you did everything, it, it, you would probably be reaching close to thirty. And that yeah, was the big. That was the bigger of the two, right? Or was yeah, that was a new region, and it sounded okay. very similar to this. A new region, a, a whole yeah. other land to explore. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's 
and I'm not even listing everything off. There's just there's all kinds of stuff. The vehicle combat is a thing going to be a thing now, and all kinds of stuff. You can wield a katana on a motorcycle and chop people no, down. So no way. All right, that's, that, you see, why didn't you just lead with that? <laughs> I should have Mo- motorcycle katana done. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, we obviously write notes for the show. My notes for this update are just huge. So I'm just yeah. like, I'm cherry picking what, what I should say. <laughs> but uh, again, how you, show, how you show an expansion, all this is great news. You know, CD Projekt's Red's Redemption. I, th- I think it will be complete with this release. And like, Got I it. think people can, I mean, if the game releases poorly, that's another thing. But <laughs> I was going to say, what, <laughs> if this one's broken too. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, I think it's it's very exciting. It's very exciting. I should have took down his name, the director of Phantom Liberty. Uh, Jason Schreier interviewed him at Bloomberg, where he casually just dropped that. Hey, after I'm working, I'm done with Phantom Liberty, I'm going on to cyber, a sequel to Cyberpunk. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm making the sequel to this game after this. That's my next goal. So Was it uh, Gabe Amatangelo? Am- yes. <laughs> That's a weird yes. name. Yes. Um, so, awesome nice. stuff. I'm over the moon. It's perfect release date. Everything said here. Amazing. So Nice. All right. And then my last one. This is quick because I, you know, I just put Todd Howard put the entire team on his back and perhaps saved Xbox. Um, <laughs> we already talked about Starfield, but they did what they needed to do. And anybody who was looking forward to the game is going to be happy. Anybody who was on the fence is probably going to at least check it out. So I, I, I got to, you know, I think that was the number one story going into this season is what is that game going to be? How is it going to be received? How is it going to play out? How is it going to show? Things like that. Um, and coming out the other side, I think, you know, they did a good job. So uh, just want to put that. I did put an honorable mention about Pragmata showing back up, but you stole my thunder with that one. So... <laughs> So, uh, but I think I, I will say that the small trailer they had for Pragmata did look pretty badass as well. Um, you know, so I'm excited about that game. But yeah, Todd Howard, I don't like the guy, but you know, he continually shows games off well, and uh, <laughs> he could sell anything. Know. That's for sure. Yeah, like, and there's the just something about him, with though, whatever man. he did. <laughs> I, I as long can't as it's in sales. <laughs> Do you get a feeling from him though? I get I get that that slimy feeling from him. No no disrespect. Uh, you know he's not he doesn't care what I have to say mm-hmm. about him. But I just get that feeling like hmm, you're not telling me something. Do you're right. hiding. <laughs> you're hiding something, buddy. It'll but, it'll um, be interesting if he's still at Bethesda after this game releases. That that is my curious sure. thought yeah, is what, that he's going to leave to do his own thing. Yeah, maybe. Do you see that uh, completely unrelated? Did you see Dan Hauser announce a new team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so that's so. Dan Hauser. He's the guy who co founded Rockstar. So Grand Theft Auto, he left, uh, what was that, a couple years ago, two years ago, maybe? Yeah, it was after Red Dead, too. Yeah, so, so. Uh, he, he found his new one. So, yeah, he could, he could go that same path for sure. He's that level. Yeah, and with Shinji Mikami just leaving uh, Tango Gameworks. I think. Kojima. Uh, yep, I think the writing's on the wall for the big names to. Uh, uh, do their own thing, so we'll see. Sp- spread your wings. Yeah. Spread your wings, Todd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we did our highlights. Let's move into our lowlights. So these are the things we did not like. And, uh, you know, we had that we put Atlas uh, in our in our highlights. I'm going to put an Atlas announcement in my lowlights. And oh. that is Persona 3 Reloaded. Um. Obviously, the idea of taking an older Persona game and bringing it to the Persona 5 Unreal Engine, that's a great idea, right? That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, and you would think that the game they would choose would be like, if they were doing this to Persona 5, they would pick the Persona 5 Royal Edition, right? 
Like they would, right. they would, they pick the better version, right? But uh, right. no, no, they're not going to do that. So uh, Persona Three Reload, Persona Three itself got two different editions. It got the Fez edition, which is uh-huh. very much like Royal. You know, they fix things. That I think it had an extra epilogue. Um, and then they also did Persona 3 Portable, which let you choose your gender at the beginning of it. You could play as a male or female protagonist. Uh, but no, we're not, we're, not gonna, we're not doing those. Those Even those are the two better versions of the game. We're going to go back to the base game. And the base game is the one that we're going <laughs> to bring to... Why? I don't I know. I didn't know that. Why? Huh. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm sorry to bring you down on that game. But it probably well, down. <laughs> I wonder if they're doing a thing like, look, if we get this one out, we have most of the work done. We can then do the other one and then sell it again. <laughs> you know, I could see that being a path forward, which is dumb. That's and, dumb. And I, mean, it's, I didn't know. It's that. probably easier too, right? The the one with yeah. the less content to go back to. But I, I just like the work's done. Do the do the proper one. <laughs> you yeah. know, do Persona Three Portable. So. Yeah, if you made all those games in you know in Persona Five you know style, I think they you'd you'd probably you'd have a hard time not playing through every one of them at this point. So, mm-hmm. uh, is it is it enough to make you not want to play it? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't really know. Like I I can I can look in more into the differences. Um, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know on this one. But I yeah, we'll see. Oh, just get an Xbox and and get Game Pass and you can play it, Nick. You can yeah, check it out. Yeah, true. Day one. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of on the same same uh, path. This one, this one more just annoyed me. It wasn't really the low light, but I'll start off with it because it's silly. Uh, I I hated when Phil goes, "We heard you. We know there's not enough space on your Xbox Series S." That's brutal. And we found a solution, Nick. Do you know what the solution is? Buy a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Buy a new one. So we made a black one for you. It's $350, and it has the terabyte you want. We're not going to give you a solution to, to fix it, but buy a new one. And I just, <laughs> I hated the, the way that it was presented of like, hey, we're the, you know, look at us. We're, we're here for the consumer. And Xbox usually is. They're very pro-consumer, very consumer-friendly. It's just this one... I don't know. It's just, it seemed very corporate very bullshittery and just like, all right, man, you don't need to put, you know, pull the wool over our eyes mm-hmm. and, and, you know, put a gold plate shit on the, on the table for us. You know, what we know what you're doing. Just say you got a black one for us. Hey, look, they got a terabyte now, but you yeah. didn't fix shit. All right. You didn't fix shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you heard me. I said that's a boondoggle. So I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had this as well. And I think, it, like you said, it's just the verbiage they use. This is not fixing a problem if you have an Xbox Series S. And an external storage solution would. Um, and if you're not familiar, the Xbox Series S is the digital only, less powerful version of the Xbox platform. So, uh, you know, more space is a good thing on a digital only console. But telling me to get it, I have to buy the same console again is absurd. Don't pitch it that right. way. Just don't pitch right. it. Just say we're we're we have a new new you know child in the Xbox family. You know, with this sure. this another sibling that uh, complements you know our base Series S and our Xbox Series X. You don't say we have a storage solution for existing <laughs> consumers. <laughs> like, come on, that's that's yeah. stupid. <laughs> Don't no, do that. And like, I, would, I wonder how many Series S's are out there. I'm sure it's, it's 
it's definitely in the millions. It's like, but yeah, you want to do that. I know it would be impossible. It's probably not practical at all, but like, yeah, maybe like offer in a trade-in system where you, hey, mail us your shit. We'll send you a new one with the terabyte pay 200 bucks, 100 bucks. I don't know. That's probably completely unrealistic, but like that would be the type of thing where it's like, hey, we figured it out for you or we have a new thing that you can plug in or whatever. Right. Just, yeah, not buy a new one. Come on. Right. Come on, yeah. Todd or, or <laughs> Phil. Come on, yeah. Phil. <laughs> exactly. All right. So yeah, once again, you stole one of mine. So mm. we'll move into my next one. Um, you know, uh, we kind of closed out the last show with some predictions and, uh, John made a horrible, horrible prediction, um, that would, would just made my skin crawl. And that is if Capcom returned to Mega Man Legends, but you know, and I didn't think it could get any worse, but, uh, but they went there. They, they made it worse. Um, at the Capcom showcase, they went to the version of Mega Man I love the most, the Mega Man X franchise, and they announced Mega Man X Dive Offline. And what this game Ooh. is, is is a mobile gotcha game. So, uh, you know, like uh, Fire Emblem Heroes or, or Genshin or anything else, you know, the idea of like, uh, characters become loot boxes. Um, that's exactly what this is, you know. So they took all the characters from the Mega Man X franchise, and of course, made a bunch of sexy female versions to add to this. <laughs> and we have a mobile gotcha game coming to Android and iOS, I believe, later this year. Um, you don't do that to me. You don't play the the nice the Mega Man X music, which is excellent. You don't show the Mega Man X character designs that are excellent, and you don't you don't show this. I don't know. I hate. Yeah. This. What is? What, did Keiji Inafune sign off on this? Like, I feel like he would want to be a little bit more protective of his IP because, like, it seems like this stands for everything that Mega Man is not. Like, yep. I, I'm just I, I'm just looking at just images. Like, first off, do you know what, what kind of game is this? Like, what what is the moment to moment gameplay? Do we know? Uh, they showed it in the video, but who, who cares? Who really okay, cares? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a fair that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, it's just that's disappointing. That's disrespectful of an OG franchise. And you don't do and, that to. And they're not the only ones doing this. I don't want to single out Capcom. I believe Sega or someone has one out there too as well. That's just the very yeah. similar. Like it's just to trying to this get is, out on this this new trend of this is what know. happens when when things make money you see all yeah. the imposters come out so yeah yeah and Stupid. gotcha games are full of uh, the android and ios stores are full of gotcha games there's so many yep you know well so. let, let's stay on the uh, the cell phone route uh, oh, my boy. my second low light is the is developers insistence on putting major franchises on mobile but marketing them to big time gamers I'm looking at you, Assassin's Creed. What are we doing putting out a new Assassin's Creed on mobile and then setting it in China, a cool setting that people have been would love to have had instead of get a lot of this Middle East stuff that we keep getting. And it's just... I'm, t I'm tired of it. I'm tired of putting these games, you know, and, and them selling it like, oh, look, at we got the next big release in the Assassin's Creed franchise. And in fairness, they're doing, you know, major, major style games as well that are going to be hitting consoles at the same time. It's not like this is taking the place of, of a game. And I don't even care about Assassin's Creed, but it's just I are we ever going to see the death of like big properties on mobile or is that is that just something we live with for in perpetuity nick because i i am so sick of it I well don't. they're not going to kill consoles mobile devices but they certainly are going to take our franchises yeah <laughs> uh yeah i, I mean just can't imagine gonna stick i don't so i don't know yeah i just i like who are these for and and maybe this is like 
maybe this is, you know, middle-aged white man sitting in the United States syndrome and, like, you know, there's a huge market for people that play or only have access to mobile games and, you know, other places of the world. But it's just, like, I don't... Who wants to play an Assassin's Creed game on their phone? I don't even know how that could possibly work with, with unless if you have a backbone. Like, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of weird little things that they put into it to dumb it down or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. I'm just sick of it. That's all. Yeah, no. I, That's I, all. I, this was was potential to be on there, but I then I remember they did announce this last year too. Like they they that they confirmed this was a mobile game, but yeah, yeah it sucks garbage. to see it. It sucks to see. Yeah, like you said, and we all we want is an Eastern set Assassin's Creed game, like a full blown right. normal release of an Assassin's Creed game set in Japan or China, you know. But yeah, nope, can't get it. Nope. <laughs> Not on the well, platform I, of choice. I mean that isn't uh, was it red? Is that the Japan one like that they're making? Aren't they doing yes, one right yes, now? Yes, okay. yes, that is one of the so, six projects they announced for Assassin's you know, that, Creed, and that we're you know that we're finally getting um, you know probably around Ghost of Tsushima two and Rise of Ronin <laughs> and all these other games that need already yeah. to scratch that itch, but it's fine. I already praised Ubisoft, so you know at least they're doing some things right. Yeah, exactly. All right, so. We're, we're kind of done. This this is it for our discussion on the E3. Uh, E3 in hey, quotes. Wait. That was only two of my lowlights. Oh, happened? sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Did we have a, oh, because we had a boondoggle. All right, real quick. Uh, yeah, sorry. My, th- my third lowlight, uh, Avowed. Um, I thought, yep. yeah, like it didn't it didn't look horrible, but this was not the game that I envisioned when they first showed it off. And perhaps I should have known better because this is Obsidian we're talking about. But... I just question, first off, why was this game greenlit under Xbox? Because this seems Skyrim light through and through. And they've they kind bought of conf- Obsidian before they bought Bethesda. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you're that's right. That's probably why. I, you're right. <laughs> But it's just, it's, you know, when they first showed off this game, they kind of showed this cool sword in a dungeon setting. I think there was, like, kind of a, a dragon off-camera that was breathing fire, and you saw the glow come through the door. I'm like, ooh, this could be, like, a really dark, gritty, you know, cool first-person type of, type of fantasy game. And it really does seem like it's just Skyrim light, where it's going to play like the Outer Worlds, but... And, and just be that kind of vibe though in a small condensed setting and it just was a little mm-hmm. little disappointing uh, I'm sure the writing is going to be great but for somebody who didn't really care for the outer worlds um, you know just a little disappointing so I was kind of hoping more for when we, we saw that game again yeah I think something with the art direction is off it just it seems boring and generic yeah it's not really <clears throat> standing on its own two feet up against its direct comparison like you said Skyrim uh, yeah. so it is, it is kind of disappointing in in that regards I agree with you yeah yeah. so yep well, that's it okay sorry right. I didn't mean to cut you it's off fine. There, but you throw it's me fine. off when you steal my steal my <laughs> lowlights and highlights so uh, so yeah again so this is this is kind of it there is no events I mean there'll be events toward the end of summer but this is kind of it for E3 season um, yeah. So from the Sony showcase till now, how how did you how do you feel about it overall? Uh, I mean, I would I very meh, like not disappointed, not blown away. I you know still feel like you know this is a PlayStation show, right? So that's where my brain immediately goes. I still feel like we have a pretty bad idea of what our future as PlayStation gamers looks like, you know, outside of Spider Man. Um, so I wish to know a little bit more about that, but. Um, 
you know, it, it was it was a good showing. You know, we got to see updates from games that Xbox has been talking about for a while now. That was important. Starfield, and we now have a concrete, you know, plan of uh, seeing Spider-Man 2 was definitely a highlight of the season and getting the date um, was weird that it wasn't at the showcase. But, you know, whatever, we got the date. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the whole the whole year as a whole, it's a it's a three out of five kind of kind of year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did like that. It, it kind of did what it always is supposed to do. Right. It fills out the fall. I got it kind of a, I know the games that I want to play and the, the games that I'm excited for, and they're kind of spread out through the fall. And then I also have games to get really hyped for next year, you know, with the Outlaws and Metaphor Dig Fantasio, you know, and so there's, there's, there was a good mix and it feels like a more return to form of the great E3s of past, at least, at the yeah. very least. It's, it's getting really close. I really would love Sony and Microsoft to go the day you know the microsoft showcase to be on sunday and sony to go on monday you know how how things used to really be head to head and 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 i really if sony had brought it it probably would have been exactly a return to form but yeah oh yeah if yeah if sony if sony was was there in a more of a first party presence i think we'd we'd be feeling a little bit different yeah but You know, it's just for me. Yeah, it's like I, there isn't there isn't really one game that showed up anywhere that I'm like, oh my god, I have to play this. Like honestly, Final Fantasy 16s, you know, could could be counted maybe, but outside of that, it's like, you know, I'm going to be playing games. I'm you know for the rest of my life, but like there's nothing <laughs> that I'm I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait. But, sure. Okay. You know. Yep. Till next year. Was there any games that like you can't believe weren't shown at like what what's is there any f- game that comes to mind that you can't believe was not <clears throat> anywhere? Um, so, that's a good question. Not to put you on the spot. That are already announced? No, I don't. I don't think there's anything that I'm like. Oh, I'm surprised it wasn't here. I mean, as as we talked about with the Sony showcase, it's kind of it, everything that I thought would be there is not there. I mean, we didn't get Persona yeah. Six, but we got Metaphor. So I think you know that kind of filled that that void but like what is sony ben doing what are the other first party teams doing where's factions it's all it seems like our most of our like question marks now have moved to sony and, and not to say microsoft same thing i mean they announced so many games still that were not shown contraband uh indiana jones again another correct prediction by john indiana jones was not there um <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but definitely more on Sony as far as like what are, just sure. what are your other teams doing? Sure, you know. Yeah, well, we'll see. We might get a you know. There's people talking about maybe another showcase later in the year. That would be wonderful. But we'll see. For for me, I, I, I'm surprised we haven't really seen uh, anything from Arbor and Court Six yet. I mean, that's the the one game I'm like, okay, it's coming up soon. There's really no more showcases. When do we see that that one? So yeah, especially with it. So after Summer Game Fest, they had kind of like a days of play, and it was there. Like people. Uh, had a lot of impressions of it, uh, playing it, but it's weird that it didn't at least show up in a good amount at a showcase. And and yeah, when we don't, we're not watching like a ten minute gameplay demo of Armored Core, you know, like seeing the how you yeah. customize a, a mech, and and that's like the one of the most imminent releases too. So. I think FromSoft has just like reached a level of developerhood where they're like, we don't give a fuck. You're going to buy our game. Yeah, they're Whatever. at Rockstar level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're making the game we want to make. Yep. We gave you Elden Ring. Leave us alone. You'll, you'll buy it. You'll like it even if you don't know it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, again, it's like it's nice to see, yeah, if Armored Core 6 hits to go from that and uh, Phantom Liberty and Alan Wake and Spider-Man and then possibly maybe Avatar. Like yeah. it's 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 good to have, you know, a couple options and that's not even counting, you know, the indie game surprises or the PlayStation Plus extra games that are going to be announced. <laughs> Hopefully we get some more day and date games for PlayStation Plus extra. So, yeah. it's it's, the, it's shaping up to be good. I I'm I'm happy. Yes, Nick. Well, I know there's lots to look forward to, but we got a game in six days, Nick, that I think both of us are going to be playing an incredible <laughs> amount of, and that game is Final Fantasy 16. We were treated to a demo uh, that hit the store a couple days ago. Yeah, Monday. <laughs> Monday. You know, this is this is first off kind of annoying because like I was hoping, you know, we've been predicting a demo for a while uh, every time it's shown at a, a showcase and then it doesn't come, but you know, they still didn't let us down. They still decided to, to drop one and... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. Do you want to? Do you want to just start? What do you, this game is going to be fucking huge? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, just a little context. I'll I'll put this out there. I didn't know that your save progress carries over. So yeah. I'm an idiot. I did not know that. So I got about. Um, I don't know, like a 45 minutes in. There's a lot of cutscenes, so I'm not sure how much scenes. how much I watched. But uh, right after the tutorial fight, and it was getting going into more cutscenes, that I was like, nope, nope, you <laughs> you sold me, um, you yeah. sold me with the giant battle at the beginning. That was something out of you know God of War Ragnarok. Like it was just like it was like holy fuck! Like there's so much yes. going on here, and then you know. <laughs> the, 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 there's a lot of like it, this game's being compared to Game of Thrones a lot, and, and rightfully oh, yeah. so. Um, uh, one of the one the one lady uh, went to the other guy and called him a cock. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that, that made me laugh out loud. I'm like, video games just don't what? call you don't call people cocks in video games, well, especially um, Final Fantasy. <laughs> and I was just intrigued in the whole situation because the same the the guy that she called a cock is another dominant which is the people that can turn into these big summons from Final Fantasy um, and then they just start like making out and basically fucking in a hallway um, and then they fight each other like two seconds later so I'm <laughs> I was, like I was all, all like absorbed in the kind of the political yeah. intrigue you know the kind of like yeah. back back deals and backwards relationships that are gonna you know just cause havoc for the people of this world <laughs> you know yeah. and then when i was just playing that little combat tutorial i'm like this feels great yeah the the, the parry system or the dodge system with r1 um that you know if you perfectly time the enemy slows down and then just the, the range combat and then the close combat it all was just it's it felt great it's it yeah. doesn't it doesn't feel like a final fantasy game combat wise but it still feels amazing, and they got all the Final Fantasy staples in there. You know, you see chocobos. You, you're using fire magic. Um, you're just hearing the music in certain sections. Just mm-hmm. always, it will always send chills down my spine. Like I don't know what it is about the certain themes and, and uh, motifs that you hear in the Final Fantasy world. Mm-hmm. But when it they sounds, play, it cer- sounds yeah, like, like you're teasing what the, the end song is for this podcast. Is <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> might, I, might I, be from that game. <laughs> oh, from this game. <laughs> yeah, um, but. And also, just just a side note is that I instantly recognized the voice actor for Joshua Rossfield, who was is played by Logan Hannon, who was Hugo in a Plague Tale series, uh, and he's very he's excellent. He's he's a great voice actor, and all the voice acting in this is just is has been top notch. Like it's almost incredible that this is an Eastern game with Western voice acting. That's just 
incredible. You know, yeah. like, I think I think we're over the day where it's like I prefer the sub over the dub. You know, like the, I how would you not listen to this and be like, I got to play this version of the audio. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I did. I started Japanese because that's what I usually do. I go, you know what? Let me check out English because, you know, Final Fantasy X, I loved that. I didn't listen to that in Japanese and like, oh, yeah, no, I'm sticking with this one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah, you know, I, I just read a story that the development team actually had to watch through the Game of Thrones series before they <laughs> before they started making this game or at least during development. So you're going to definitely see a lot of stuff, I think, that we've, we're, we're used to if you are familiar with that series. But I, I, I'm with you, man. Top, from top to bottom, everything that this game has done in the demo is proven to me that it's going to be one of the classics. I believe on this very show I said that I, this one seems to be shaping up to be one of those all-timer Final Fantasy games. Um, but they just have the they have the all-star dream team, and I think they're all bringing their A game. The Devil May Cry uh, combat director making the combat like we you said. We need to learn his name. We do need to learn By his name. By next week, we need to know his name. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you said, it's just, it's perfect. It's a very smooth, easy to understand, you know, exciting combat system that does kind of feel like an evolution to what they started to do with the um, Final Fantasy VII remake, or actually really started with Final Fantasy XV uh, with the more action combat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I like... I like the combat system in Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I'd be lying if I said there weren't moments where I felt like I was not really in control of what was going on. Right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm just smashing buttons. I'm hoping that I'm healing in, in a quick enough time. I'm hoping that my fire attack's going to hit him before I get hit and lose all my health. And it really seems like this one fine tunes that, you know, to allow you to lock on to enemies. Um, you know, the 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 ranged fire abilities. You know, with the up close sword feels so so good. Having circle be this like teleportation like movement thing. You know, mm-hmm. on top of the the parry system with R1 it's like and I know that eventually once you start to get different dominance and thing you're going to be able to change up you know the different elements and change up different abilities and things you know we're just scratching the surface with what we we got to play and mm-hmm. it already feels amazing um like you said the sense of scale I'm a big attack on titan fan I got such attack on titan vibes mm-hmm. during that titan versus shiva <laughs> thing um you know so I'm I'm in there um if I were to critique it at all I think it did seem a little I I hope that it's a little more seamless maybe once you really start to get into the game with the amount of interruptions with cutscenes it was very yes. very very intrusive in the first bit i was fine with it because i am start i want to absorb myself in this world and start to learn the different names of the places the names of um you know the the characters and things like that but it did seem a little heavy with that so i hope it lets you play it a little yeah, bit more yeah it's one of my biggest pet peeves of video games is giving you control of the character you're just there to walk maybe 20 feet to you lose control of the character again and go into another cutscene. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that was more like, you know, I, I think, I don't know if they ever confirmed that this is literally just cut from the beginning of the game and you play. I, I feel think, like. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. With your progress carrying over, I'm almost positive that's, that's, that's what's That's happening. the only reason that I think so as well. But it almost does seem like this is like a, a curated demo to like just really ease you into it. But it might just be the overall thought uh, thought process for the whole game. But um, and, and I will and the other thing that I hope 
and I'm sure it will uh, flesh itself out. But the characters seem a little boring to me so far. Um, you know, everybody's very we're all very serious knights, and you know, we all everything's so serious, and you know, yeah. I, I'm sure that'll be fine. But um, I, you know, the one guy that I kind of latched onto, uh, he he seemed to be like a little sidekick when when the world's crumbling uh, during the Titan versus Shiva fight, and he just going, oh fuck, 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 which I just uh, similar to your <laughs> calling calling her a cock or him a cock. You know, I was just like, I'm not used to the F bomb being dropped in the Final Fantasy world, and then he immediately gets squished. So I'm like, all right, well there, well there goes any levity. But I'm sure that'll that'll flesh itself out as you carry out throughout the game. But I think this is going to 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 be one of the big ones, man. And I can't wait to play the whole thing. Yeah did you did you play in performance or graphics mode? Always performance. I've okay. switched to I've switched to that full stop. Um, okay. You know, unless unless if I don't know, a digital foundry or somebody's out there telling me not to. Um, you know, I just I just it it feels so much better. But and, uh, and you yeah. played uh, further than I did. Did you complete the whole demo? No, so I didn't. I didn't either. I um, f- <laughs> very similarly to this has only happened to me twice uh, where I've played a demo and stopped it because I was sold. But the, one of the other games that did that was Final Fantasy VII Remake, where I'm like, nope, this is good. I'm in. Um, but I got a little bit further. I got to where you start to be able to control uh, Joshua, the the little boy or okay. the the younger brother. Uh, you start to get to control him, and he, you know, being that he is a dominant, obviously very powerful, even if he doesn't believe it or know it yet, uh, you could. You could feel that immediately. Your okay. melee attack was just this like fire slash thing that looked way cooler than anything Clive was doing. Um, you know, and you had uh, I think if you hit circle, you did Kiraga, um, and okay. there was just a co- there was a couple other abilities you had, but it did also also in a way seem like, hey, you're not going to control this guy for very long. He's really really OP. We just want to show you he's OP, and then you're, <laughs> and then you're not and then you're not going to play him as again. But yeah, um, but yeah, I know I was sold, man. I want to just jump right in do the whole thing uh, when it comes out in six six short days. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. As, obviously, I'm curious about how it's going to review, but uh, yeah, I think, like you said, I think just everything here is just falling into place. The music, the the art style, um, the, the, the voice acting, and then, you know, when you know the combat's going to be just feel that good, and you're going to be mm-hmm. doing a lot of it, uh, you know you're sold, and it, it, it is kind of... It's kind of weird because, you know, this is a big deal. This is a numbered Final Fantasy game. Like, this is yeah. number 16. Um, it's it's kind been of, eight years, I think, dude. I think 15 <laughs> came out in 15, didn't it? Uh, I don't remember, but that sounds about right. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah this, is, this is a huge deal. So 26, it's 26. kind of like I'm not, I'm not even kind of like mentally ready yet, I guess. <laughs> but same. here we are. <laughs> I remember having the same feeling, you know, not to beat a fucking dead horse, but Final Fantasy X being what it was to me, and then Final Fantasy XI being what it was. I was like, well, I'm not playing that. Uh, loving twelve, being disappointed by 13. I when right before 15 came out, it's like I didn't let it wash over me until right before it came out, and then I got super excited. And I feel like, and although that game was a bit of a letdown, I never even beat that one because I didn't really like a lot of the things that same was going here. on. Um, I'm feeling that same that same exact cadence of excitement for this one, where it's like it. it it wasn't really hitting me until like a couple of days before the demo hits. Um, you know, now I, I think it's probably shaping up to, you know, if, if the demo is any indication to be one of my favorite releases of the year for sure. Um, cool. Yeah. Can't, can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. I don't know if we'll have thoughts on it next week because it's, it'll drop the, what the day before no. we usually record. So, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about reviews. So yeah. Yep. For All sure. Right. So All let's right. move on. Here we go, John. Let's hear it. Uh, 
I'm gonna take you. I'm, I'm gonna take you know. It's story time, Nick. Sit down. Sit on. Sit on Uncle John's okay. lap. I gotta tell you a story. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So the year is 2011, right? I'm sitting. Sitting. I'm starting to become a, a young man. I moved out of my uh, college town. Started my first job. You know, had my PlayStation 3 with me. That was like the only thing keeping me company, right? And a little game comes out in November of that year called Dark Souls. And the game completely overwhelms me. I love it to a, to its core, and it completely got me absorbed into this Soulsborne franchise that we've all learned and loved so much. Fell in love with that game. Bloodborne comes out. Fall in love with that one. Dark Souls 3. Fall in love with that one. Da, 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 fall in love with all of them. I love all those games. And then Elden Ring comes out, right? And... Uh, you know, I'm going to keep saying it just because it gets under his skin so much, but you know, get this game day one, a uh, friend of the show, Jake got this game day one and knew that it was going to be one of my most loved things ever. It, it takes the dark souls franchise, the formula and puts it into an open that's excellently executed. I felt it from day one. I loved everything about it, but my life began to change, right? I had two newborn girls, uh, twin girls. They take up most of my time. I have my five, six-year-old son. Um, the only reason I said five and then six is because he changed age. Not that I don't know what his age is. I, I promise you, I know what his age is. Um, That's how long it's been since you got yeah. the game. <laughs> yep. And I got to a point with it where I was like, I beat, I think, the first big boss. And I was like, I love this, but I had to put it down because just mm -hmm. life got in the way, right? It happens. Yep. And I've been staring at that game for for since that time. That was about 18 months ago. And I've chipped away at it here and there. I've played a little bit. I've restarted it. But over the past month, I finally, finally was able to really make it my main focus, get through it. And not only was I able to beat it, but as some people, some Twitter followers of us may have seen, I was able to platinum Elden Ring Nick and oh man, mm -hmm, I... Mm -hmm feel so good i feel so good on so many different ways right it's like an arc of the show like i it, you've had to bring up elden ring so much and it's always had this caveat of like i'm i'm working on it i'm working on it <laughs> I, know. I, I every time i looked at it i just felt the disappointment from friend of the show mark just like dude i thought you said you loved this game i told right. you i love this game and i <laughs> why haven't you beaten it can't wait to hear your journey well mark i finally did it man i've i i got that platinum it was a hell of a time the entire way through um you know not going to really get into obviously what kind of game elden ring is everybody knows that at this point but yeah. you know to get to the end of this game and to you know get through an incredible array of boss fights that i fought tooth and nail for even with you know the build that i had that seemed a little bit cheap at times but i'm i'm happy that i did it um millennia you know being uh the boss fight that i was terrified to do and like i was literally nervous to, uh, like i kept looking and be like when am i approaching her when am i approaching her because i don't want to <laughs> do this and to fight her and to get my ass kicked but to kind of come back around to it right i'm gonna go take on some other bosses strengthen up a little bit get my my mimic up to a plus 10 and to overcome that boss with the level of spectacle that she is you know with the second cutscene, and she grows these crazy wings that are very floral and kind of contradict everything you know else that about the the area and game you're in to fighting malaketh this um you know, toward one of the end bosses who starts off with this robe cloak thing. He just like this gross covered thing. Halfway through the fight, he shifts into this wolf dude that pulls his crazy blood sword out of his hand. And it's fucking awesome. The final fight, uh, Radon's fight. I could go on for days about the boss mm -hmm. fights, which like, you know, that's what this game is known for. Um, but just 
Yeah, it's it's truly one of those greatest of all time games. Um, the the open world is probably i would say the best open world i've ever played i know that you know it's very different from something like a red dead 2 um you know which is a incredibly in-depth incredibly intricate with real happenings all over the place but just the design that this one had with the hidden hidden caves and hidden dungeons and things that you would just mm-hmm. come across randomly to the boss fights that just appear in this open field depending on the time of day and things like that um it just, you know, it, it perfected a formula of a series that I've loved for 12 years now. And it's just really a special thing to be able to say as a gamer for them to take a formula and a game that Dark Souls was already one of my favorite games of all time. Bloodborne, same thing. And then to perfect it into this open world formula that they do so well. It's just, you know, I I, I'm, I, I can't sit here and say it's my favorite game of all time. You know, there were some things that, you know, it, it got a little... Towards the end of the game, the bosses seem to be a little heavy with the attacks. Like, I would get two-shotted by everything towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But but you learn the patterns, and you learn the bosses, and you figure out what you know you can use to your advantage uh, that the game obviously is built in. It's just, it's it's truly one of the you know greatest gaming experiences I've definitely had. Um, the Platinum was fun. You know, I, one of the problems with some of the... Er- Souls games that I hated with the trophy hunting is you really had to grind for items. You had to grind for a specific um, ore that would level up your weapons, a specific uh, weapon drop that only came from a certain enemy. And this this game kind of alleviated all that. You only really had to find you had to find all the legendary weapons, incantations, and um, talismans. Those were all just kind of either located in the world or locked behind a boss that you know you could easily find. So that was not a problem. All the boss trophies were just you know, hey, go fight all the bosses. Great, I can do that. Um, you know, and so it is. It is kind of shocking too when I was looking at the trophy data. It's like 36% of players have beaten Millennia, which is wild to me mm-hmm. that they've gotten to the end of this game and stuck with it. It's such a strong, sticking game that really vibes with so many people that you know they want to see everything they have. They has. They want to be beaten into the ground. You know, <laughs> I know that you hate that feeling, but man, just the level of accomplishment. Like when I when I beat Millennia and just standing up and going, like, I don't do that in any other game. And um, truly, truly is special. I'm sad it's over, but I'm very happy with my timing because I think we're, you know, you know, going to see Shadow of the Erd Tree hopefully some point next year. I can jump back in, maybe try out a new build or stick with the one I have. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, it lived up to its potential. I'm happy to be done with it. I'm happy <laughs> that I don't have to bring it up on the show anymore. But I, I will say I'm dealing with that little bit of post you know, goat malaise where, yeah. <laughs> you know, it happens after God of War. It happens after these games where I'm like, I don't want to play anything right now. All these games suck. Right. Like, I want more of that, more of more of what made that special. But luckily, as we just talked about Final Fantasy 16 coming around, I think to save the day in that front. And, uh, I think I, I think I timed it pretty well. I still got Tears of the Kingdom looking at me. That's going to take the I think Elden Ring's place of the perpetual backlog game that I hope to get through. Um, <laughs> but happy to say, it was a ten out of ten. You know, it's a five. It's a five out of five. Easy, easy five out of five. And um, I just wish Nick you had a little more fortitude and you weren't such a little baby about it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, just I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but it's great. Um, so for the platinum for this game, you had to save scum, like take advantage yeah. of the cloud save to reload. 
your save so you could get the multiple endings. Uh, Well, how how was that? Not as bad as I thought. I worked it up in my head a lot worse than it was. Really, it just comes down to going to Power Picks. Power Picks is fucking great if you're a trophy hunter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have very good in-depth walkthroughs. And being as big as this game was, you know that there was going to have very accurate information. So, you know, yeah, they just they gave me the instructions. Like, first, you have to go into your, your console settings and, and deactivate the automatic cloud syncing. And then all you have to do... Uh, and this game is nice in this regard, is you can literally beat the final boss and save it right there. You basically put that save into the cloud, do one of the endings, turn the game off, reload that, like pull down that cloud save. It'll overwrite your console save, and then it reloads right where you were, do the other ending, and then just do that one more time and do the third ending. So, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's is it, is it a good design to have to do it that way? Nah, not really, but like it was pretty simple to do. Okay. Wasn't too wasn't too bad. I was nervous about it. I, I will say I was I was uh you know, pretty pretty uh yeah, nervous on the first time I I did it. Okay. Cuz that would have been a bummer. And not to be not to be too spoilery, but can you hint at what your favorite ending was? Yeah, there's one called the frenzied uh uh, Lord of the Frenzied Flame. <laughs> okay. Um, and I won't, yeah, I won't spoil it, but it, it's it's the bad ending, but it's just kind of funny to me. Like, okay. And it's cool. And, and it's pretty cool, too. So. Okay. And right. it's, the, it's, it's the hardest one to get. You have to actually go find this random red door in a random area. So you have to fast travel from the final boss area, go there. Uh, you have to unequip all your items, because this was another part where I freaked out. This is like the one ending that you have to do some missions up to to get to that point. Right. And so I get up to the door, and it's like it just doesn't give me a button prompt. So I'm like, no, did I fuck something up? But you have to literally unequip all of your items. You have to walk into the room naked for some reason because it's a silly game. And then you do. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I got it. So that was yeah, that was a that was a cool one. But mm. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, a monumental moment is putting that game in our review mirror. So, I mean, since day day one is it was always this 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 thing, this caveat this, to uh, yeah, you know the the John's gamer cred. You know, it's like oh, yeah, you're the Soulsborne fan, but you haven't even beat Elden Ring. <laughs> like okay, bud, like, I know. So the show gets more credible now with you finally beating it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it truly, 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 truly was was it was great, man. It's gonna be interesting game of the year time. This 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 fall is gonna be pretty <laughs> wild for me because I've already played Dead Space, Resident Evil Four, Elden Ring, Neon White. About to play Final Fantasy. Gonna play Tears of the Kingdom. Like oh my god! Like this mm-hmm. is an all time year for me for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we are moving into the finish line here, our sixth thing. And of course, it is that time of the month where we're going to learn all about next or this month's PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium Games. But just like just like the show, PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium is moving into year two. And along with just the normal game announcements, Sony is teasing an added benefit to premium members, and that is cloud streaming. Uh, They didn't say what games are going to be available on this. Um, Hopefully it is PS3 games. Like Metal Gear Solid Four, that would I be hold your that, breath, would, that would be yeah that would be huge. But um, uh, but they did say this is coming as an added benefit to premium users. Um, I don't know, John. What do you what do you think about this? Can, do you think this I, could be something good? I, I I'm gonna be totally honest with you, Nick. I don't ever. I feel like I don't quite 
understand streaming, like as a ben- <laughs> as a benefit. Like I, I just don't. Well, I don't. Let's say in like your scenario that you brought up when we were talking about the Q light. Like imagine you streaming a game directly to that from my con from my console. Yes, that you that you don't is, that is, your console could be used while you're streaming a game. Oh. If I can do that, sure. But like, it's just like you know, for the, in that specific instance, it's like that's what remote plays for. The Q light doesn't even seem to be something that you really want right. to take out of your house, you know. So, I mean, if they, if Sony, listen, I, I think Sony's smart enough. They obviously are. They're a huge multinational corporation that knows that cloud gaming is going to be a huge part of the gaming future. So, if this is kind of a you know a just one of the first steps into that world where they're going to start making it a viable thing that they can do sure i'm all for it um but like again i just in in my current scenario where it's like okay there's really no way to stream a game from my playstation outside of my house in a great way there's no way you know i already have remote play it's just like okay so i don't have to spend the time downloading a game i can just stream it directly that seems to be like the only benefit for that I can see right now, but maybe that's just me being a layman. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, this is a wait and see, but again, we've been pretty down on premium, so maybe (laughs) it's nice to have another added benefit, even if it's not getting the games that we want. Maybe it will. Just show me, like, somebody explain to me what streaming a game does for me as a PlayStation gamer that is an, an added benefit to any other way I can play, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I just, yeah, I don't see that's it. That's a good point. So. All right. So uh, they did announce 25 games coming to extra and another four coming to classic uh, or premium tier. Um, but uh, John, do you have any highlights? Because we're not going to list them all. We're just going to do our picks. But do you have a, do you, what is your, do you have any picks from this list? Yes, uh, I have two. Um, so the first one and this one. This is a. I, I have no idea why Sony wouldn't have put this in their showcase over a game like Cat Quest, the Pirates of the Caribbean. But Rogue Legacy 2 is coming to PlayStation. Uh, it's not currently on the platform, so it's this is coming to extra, I believe, the day it's coming out, which is very exciting. But like that's a level of game I think is worthy of that spot as opposed to Cat Quest. But uh, this game's fantastic. I actually just beat this game on my Switch. Uh, I bought it because I was such a big fan of the first one, and it wasn't on PlayStation, but, you know... Fuck me, right? Oh well, yep. I'll get to play Idiot. it again. But yeah, <laughs> but it's it's a really if you're into roguelikes, it does a very very good job of the incremental leveling up system where you're kind of just moving moving forward a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time until all of a sudden you're able to get through an entire run. Uh, but but what this game does is you basically start off a run as a um, just a, a character, right? And once that character dies, you basically have your offspring and you get to pick a new one. And it's just like this system where it's like you kind of are able to pass down heirlooms. Like as you go through, there's six different zones. As you go through, you're going to get different things that uh, give you abilities to access other zones. Those are listed as heirlooms and they pass down to your descendants. But you always get a selection between three different characters at the start of every run. I believe there's something like 15 different classes. So you're going to have a selection of um, one of... or one of those 15 through those three and then there there's going to be different um variables and things attached to them as well that kind of give you a different way to play so um for instance you might have a effect that 
gives you 50% more gold, but it's going to black out every care or every enemy. So it's a lot harder to kind of determine what enemy you're facing, right? Like part of these games is knowing when you enter a room, how you have to react quick enough to counter their, their moves versus you killing them. So, you know, it's a small little detriment to your system, but like it gives you an added benefit of gold. Um, and, it, you know, there's just weird, weird classes as well. It's not just, hey, this is sword guy, this is axe guy, this is bow guy. You know, there's a, a chef, and he uses a pan as his weapon, but he can hit projectiles <laughs> back at the other characters. Um, there's, um, let's see, what are some, there's a boxer, and you're literally, you just, you hit people with your gloves. You know, it's obviously super, super up close, but it's super uh, devastating if you can, uh, you know, get some combos on people. But it just does a lot of different ways to play with the systems and, you know, keep you coming back for more. Um, and then in between every run as well, you have this, like, I don't know, it's probably a hundred different things you can pump gold into, whether that's, you know, just bumping your attack up by a little bit, or maybe it gives you a re-roll for the different um, descendants that you can pick at the start of your run. Just, it really, you know, varies the game up in a lot of different fun ways. Uh, I believe it's sitting at a 90 on Open Critic, so it's obviously received very well, and I would highly recommend, highly, highly recommend anybody who's into roguelikes, uh, even people who are into Metroidvanias. It's not a Metroidvania, but it, you know, so it kind of feels like that type of system. Uh, to give this game a, a check, uh, you know, to give it a, give it a look because it really is uh, a ton of fun. I'm probably gonna take a look at the trophies and if it's something I think I can do, maybe jump back into it. I'm I'm not sure, but okay. uh, yep. So that's one. And then I know you hate this game, Nick, but I I do gotta just shout it out because it is quality. I think if you're into that, and that's inscription. Um, All it's, right, I'll give you uh, that. It's it's a weird one. It's got you know it's one of those meta games that really play with your your expectations and what's going on in the game. But it's a card game with some you know interesting. It's got a very interesting vibe to it. You know, uh, yes. I won't say it's I won't say it's horror, but it's kind of trying to approach that. Um, but it, you know, eighty six on Open Critic, high level game. You know, um, but. I would check it out if you're into card games. It's, it's kind of different. Yeah, this kind is of the weird. best way to check it out is, you know, as yeah. part of this service, you know, and it'll definitely scratch an itch for certain people, but definitely yep. not me. And, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and of all the games on here, wow, I, I 25 games, and I can't recommend only one, and that mm -hmm. is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, this came out last year. I brought it to the show last year. It is a side-scrolling beat-em-up, perfect to play with your friends, uh, the perfect encapsulation of the Turtles franchise as a whole. You know, we got that movie coming later this year. Uh, it's getting DLC uh, sometime this month. I don't know the exact date, but it's getting more content. It's just a perfect one of the what it, for what it's trying to do, and that's be a fun beat 'em up to play with your friends. Uh, and it's also a game both John and I played and completed, so we're both yep. fans of it. So. Yeah, another oh, I one I, I, I another one I might want to jump back in, um, mostly because uh, my son, uh, you know, he kind of he 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 dug Streets of Rage four a, a good amount, and I think he would like this one even more. It's a little more simple, and yes. obviously, obviously with the turtles aesthetic, what little boy doesn't like the turtles? So uh, yeah, I might I might jump back into this one. You know, check out the platinum as well, see what that looks like. Although beat them ups, you almost always have to beat them like ten times. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah. yeah, that's a very solid, very solid beat em up. All right, so is that it? You got no more picks? Nah, Far Cry 6 is good if you like stuff, but, you know, everybody knows Far Cry. So, all right, nah. so you can check out the full list on the PlayStation blog, and all of these games will be available on June 20th for you to check out. So, again, it's a, it's a beefy list, so there's quite a few games in there to, to check out. Ooh, we got, we got, to, we got to make sure uh, a friend of 
the the tall boy at work. I don't I don't know. If, yeah, I know you don't like me saying names, but the tall boy. There's a game trial for WWE 2K23 uh, <laughs> that he that he can maybe check out as well. So we should maybe isn't that maybe, premium though the game trials. I don't know. Yes, that's game <laughs> trials are premium. So. I don't know. What, what do you expect me to know these things for? <laughs> I don't know. You do a podcast. Uh, yeah. That's not why they're here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is it. That is six things. All right. So teases for next week. Obviously, Final Fantasy 16. Going to yes. talk about it without a doubt. Um, I've been playing Street Fighter 6. I definitely want to bring that and talk about my experience as a fighting game noob uh, trying trying to play that game. Um, and I also okay. want to talk about, for a topic, is the different editions of video games that keep coming out. Um, the, the ultimate editions for Street Fighter and Diablo 4 kind of drew some scrutiny for some uh, things that they did. And... and yeah. uh, Big Spider-Man 2 is also getting a deluxe edition, and I want to talk about them all and just get, kind of get our thoughts on on the practices that are involved in all those. So Yeah, you uh, just had to ruin my morning with that one, didn't you? Yeah, didn't yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Spider- all right. I already, I already went to Levi and told him he's paying the extra $10. <laughs> yes, uh, Spider-Man 2 is locking 10 suits, cool. five for Peter, five for Miles, uh, and we'll talk, it's we'll deluxe edition. But yeah, yeah, I just want to give some context to what you're referring sure. to. So uh, if you have thoughts on those editions, uh, definitely you know let us know. Uh, email us at PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com um, because, yeah, I definitely want to talk about them. Um, and then uh, what do you got, John? What are you teasing for next week? Um, you know, like I said, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm feeling that post Elden Ring just malaise where, you know, and everything's not hitting, but I still am playing Tears of the Kingdom uh, in my mm-hmm. free time. It's still still great. So I, I'm not sure if I'll have more thoughts to say on it at that point. It's probably just gonna be more of the same, but uh, I might I might try and jump into Tunic. You know, that's that's kind of the one game right. that I might be able to do a little bit of before I jump into Final Fantasy. But also, it might be a good idea just to kind of air it out for a week, you know, just just yes. shake off, shake it off, and and start fresh with Final Fantasy. So, uh, I might not have anything game wise next week, but we'll we'll find some some fun stuff to talk about regardless. Yep, of course, of course. So, all right, we did it, we got through it, and the song, as I teased earlier, is from Final Fantasy 16, and it is a banger. It is called "Find the Flame." by Maya Masayoshi Soken. Um, it is awesome. John, you should you should listen to this after the podcast too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it played in one of the cutscenes that we saw, the one of the 6 billion cutscenes we saw in Final Fantasy 16. So Yeah, I th- I think I think this one I believe it was this one they showed off like a week or two ago or, or a little back while back where this is like Clive's theme song, but I didn't listen to the whole thing, so so I definitely will now. Okay, good, good. Enjoy the song. Again, we thank you for listening. We apologize for no video podcast this week as Mm -hmm. our schedules just did not align for that to work out. But again, we will continue doing video podcasts, just not this week. So forgive us. All right. So enjoy the song, and we will be back next week with six more things. Bye, guys. Bye.